الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اتق المحارم تكن اعبد الناس او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected mothers and sisters all praise is due to allah tbaraka wa taala who has made it possible that we are taking his name that we have gathered to learn something about deen to learn something about how we can get closer to allah taala inshallah and this is ultimately our objective our destination that we reach allah taala that we gain his muhabbat we gain his pleasure and happiness in the quran sharif allah taala says utlu ma uhiya ilayka min alkitab wa aqim as-salah inna as-salata tanha 'anil fahsha'i wal munkar wa dhikrullahi akbar so here in this ayat there are several things that are mentioned and this is what inshallah we will be trying to focus on in ayat allah taala says utlu ma uhiya ilayka min alkitab Allah Ta'ala is commanding Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Nabi Islam has been commanded this is a message for his ummah that if Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has been commanded with this what importance this will have for the ummah Nabi Islam has been told utlu ma uhiya ilayka min alkitab that recite that what has what has been revealed upon you from the Quran Sharif Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to recite tremendously sometimes in one rakat he would recite what would amount to approximately seven paras in one rakat of the salah so nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to recite excessively but allah taala is giving this command to him this is that if he is being commanded how much the ummah should be taking this to heart So this is one very very great amal that we need to focus on and ask ourselves that what is the extent to which we are engaging in the tilawat of the Quran Sharif the tilawat of the Quran Sharif outwardly it might just be that well this is something that it's a good thing it should be done but it is far beyond what we can imagine the tilawat of the Quran Sharif is something that we have to bring alive in our homes in our own lives unfortunately to the extent that the tilawat of the quran sharif is diminishing to that extent fitnas are engulfing us to that extent there is this ever increasing amount of tension ever increasing amount of internal issues and whatever else we are experiencing There was a time when the tilawat of the Quran Sharif was a standard practice in every home. There was no home that was 
devoid of the Quran Sharif and the recitation of the Quran Sharif on a daily basis. The elder people, they had witnessed that zamana and time and era where early in the morning, those days the homes were small, small yards, neighbors' yards were all interlinked, etc. And it was a common thing that you go past any house after Fajr, etc. You would hear some recitation of the Quran Sharif. After Maghrib, you would hear recitation of the Quran Sharif. Children are reciting Quran Sharif. Unfortunately, nowadays, all these things have started diminishing. And what has taken its place, what has taken its place is all kinds of futile things and Allah forbid even sometimes sinful things. Social media has taken the place of Quran Sharif for many a person, meaning that time which could have been spent in Quran Sharif, there's no time left for it. Why? Because that time is being spent in social media. And what is, being, what is the time spent on social media? That every person wants to portray themselves. What I did, where I went, and what kind of uh, achievements I've had. And every person is now on this portrayal of themselves. That Everything they do, the whole world must come to know about it. One person wrote a little like an article just to highlight what a, what a type of thing this is. So he says now, he just probably made the story up. So he said, I've been going around to all my neighbors daily and knocking on each neighbor's door and telling them that today this is what I ate, giving them de- the details of my meal, showing them some picture of what kind of meal I had and then what uh, argument took place between my wife and I, for example, so I'm telling them, and besides that, whatever other day-to-day things happen in my house, so I'm telling my neighbors, wait to each, knocking each door, and telling each neighbor, this is what happened today, this is what we ate today, and this is who came today, and who went today. So, now I got a police following me also, and I've got a psychologist following me, and I've got a few others following me, because somebody is worried that maybe I'm a security risk, Somebody is worried maybe there is a mental problem with me and somebody is worried about something else. Now, if somebody does that, really goes every day to their neighbors, knocks on each one's door to say that this is what I did and this is what I ate, this is what will happen. People will think something is wrong with him. But by social media, this is generally what people are doing every day. And it becomes such a norm, everybody is quite at home with it, that everything I do, I must tell the whole world about it. And now there is some issue that takes place in some home, the whole world comes to know about it. Why? Because as soon as somebody had some argument with someone, the next thing they are on their groups. Well, today my mother told me this, and my father told me that, and I am very upset about it. Everybody must hear about it. Or my mother-in-law told me this, or the daughter-in-law did this. And, now the whole, and these are not just hypothetical issues. Every now and again, there is some big problem that happened. Why? Because there was some argument somewhere, and somebody went and put the whole thing on some social media group. This is really has caused so much of problems for so many people. But unfortunately, Shaitan just keeps using these situations to create that kind of mischief and that kind of fitna and puts homes on fire. So these are things that we need to take note about that where is this taking us? On the one hand, it took us away from Quran Sharif. Many people who used to recite Quran Sharif before, they themselves are claiming. They themselves are now, something has triggered some concern. So now they are asking for some advice that now my time is 
so occupied in all the social media that I don't have time for Quran Sharif, I'm hardly reciting any Quran Sharif, I'm not making any tasbihat, any dhikr. So on the one hand, it took away this great barkat of the Quran Sharif out of our homes. And then the second thing, it got us involved in all these futile things, it got us involved in so many problems. Now people are airing all their home affairs and all the home issues out in the public. So this is the aspect that we need to come back to. What Allah Ta'ala is commanding us in the Quran Sharif, Utlu ma uhiya ilayka min al-kitab. The Nabi Islam is being commanded, how much more important it is for us. Tilawat, one is daily tilawat. Daily tilawat, one part of that is the surahs that we should be reciting daily. Surah Yaseen every morning, in the Hadith Sharif it comes, Man qara'a Yaseen fi sadrin nahar qudiyat hawaijuh. In the Fadail al-Quran, as the Shaykh has quoted this Hadith Sharif, the person who recites Surah Yaseen at the beginning of the day, his needs for the day will be fulfilled. How it will be fulfilled, Allah Ta'ala will fulfill it. But the important thing is that a person starts off the day with tilawat of the Quran Sharif and Surah Yaseen in particular. Then in the evenings, the Surah Mulk, Surah Sajda, great rewards. MashaAllah, all this is contained in Fadail al-Quran. We should be getting familiar with all this if we don't have yet the detail of it. Then apart from that, they should be this is the recitation of daily surahs. There should be a tartib and a sequence of tilawat where a person commences tilawat from one side from Suratul Fatiha and in sequence the person is reciting and completing a khatam. And apart from the month of Ramadan, the fuqaha state that there should be at least two khatams in a year that a person should make. At least two khatams in the year. So let us now bring this alive. Bring Quran Sharif alive. Many homes, there's a lot of things, everybody, people say, but I can't stop my children from now whatever, their social media, and I can't stop them from this, can't stop them from that. If you can't stop them from other things, get them to start doing these things. Get them to start deciding Quran Sharif daily. Get them to start making some tasbihat and zikr and some durud sharif daily. The barkat of these amal will themselves get them to stop anything futile that they're engaging in, all the other haram things that Allah forbid some get engaged in and occupied in. Let's bring the light on and the light will come on, the darkness was itself will disappear. So the first thing in this ayat Allah Ta'ala says, Utlu ma min al-kitab, that you recite the Quran Sharif. And then wa aqimis salah, establish salah. So Nabi Islam has been commanded establish salah. This is now being addressed to us actually, that we are to be establishing salah in our lives. Salah, unfortunately again, a lot of neglect, a lot of uh, laziness sometimes. Many a person writes that I delay my Salah till the last moment and very, very quickly, haphazardly I'm performing my Salah because I get too occupied with my chores and get occupied with some other things. Whereas everything else is secondary to Salah. Salah will come first in our life, then we'll see the barakat of that Salah and everything else also. So establishing Salah is to perform that salah with all its due etiquette, perform it in the proper manner, perform it with care, perform it in good time, and the mustahab time for females is that as soon as the time comes in, to perform the salah. So this is an extremely important thing that we should give a lot of attention to, and we should be 
bringing the salah alive in our own lives, in our children's lives, to make sure they are preparing for salah, making sure that they are giving due importance to salah. And this is the safeguard, the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, the establishing of salah, with all the fitnas that are abounding around us. If we don't have these safeguards, Allah forbid, it will just wash a person away in, in no time. So we need to bring these things alive, and this is our safeguard of dunya, and this is what's going to take us through safely to akhirat as well. Then Nabi Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ That what is this salah all about? The benefits of this salah, salah is obviously farz, one has to perform the salah. And even if Allah Ta'ala didn't tell us anything about what the salah will do for us, then to his mere command that we have to perform the salah, that is enough. Because we are totally the slaves of Allah Ta'ala. We are the creation of Allah Ta'ala. He has created us. He has every right to instruct us and to command us. A person employs somebody, he gives that person a meager wage. Somebody is employed as a maid in our homes, we give the person a meager wage. Well, maybe sometimes it's a meager wage, maybe it might be a reasonable wage, whatever it is, fine. But that reasonable wage also, it's reasonable in terms of a certain norm. But we know what, what, how much can be done with that amount of money. But because we pay that person that amount of money, we expect that person to follow everything to the T as we want it. And to work from that time that we want, and not stop before the time that we have agreed upon. And there must not be any shirking in any work. And everything must be done very well. And if that person makes some mistakes here and there, that person by chance broke something by mistake or neglected some work, then very often they don't hear the end of it. Whereas, this is another point altogether, but our conduct with those who are in our employ is an extremely sensitive issue. It is not just a matter of employment. We've employed somebody in our homes. Somebody has been employed in a Muslim business. They are not just merely employees. They are actually those who are taking the reflection of Islam from us. They are working for us. They are doing whatever work we give them. But simultaneously they are taking a reflection of Islam from what we are presenting to them. Now what are we presenting? That if somebody makes a mistake, you come down on the person like a ton of bricks. What they think about it, Muslims are like this. What we present to them that whatever uh, little bit that we have given them, maybe something to eat, that's a very big favor. The very basic simple things we gave them, that's fine. But the rest of it, they will see all the goodies that come into that home, but there's nothing shared with them. Obviously, there's sometimes just a limit that a person has, but some portion of it can be shared with them. Sometimes it is sad that some make these comments to others and those comments come down uh, via various means that for example, and obviously this is not a generalization, this might be isolated incidents, it might be just here and there that it happened, but we should take a lesson from this that some maid now t talks about the situation where that she sees all the good fruit coming into that home and then she keeps seeing it, some of it is eaten and some starts rotting because it's kept there so long, and now when it's starting to rot, then now they pass it on to her. But while it was very 
uh, still very good, that time she was not considered. So in other words, she will only come into the picture when something is now in a state of rot. Whereas, what has been the lessons that have been given to us in the seerat of Rasulullah in the lives of the Sahaba Ikram, while obviously the context is a little different, but Nabi gave the command to the Sahaba who owned slaves. They were belonging to them. That time there was still slavery. That you feed them what you eat. You clothe them with what you wear. The Fuqaha state that this was on a mustahab level. It wasn't an obligation. The obligation is you feed the person what will keep him surviving. You clothe him in something that's decent. You don't necessarily have to clothe him in that what you wear. You don't necessarily have to feed him that what you eat. But on a mustahab level, this is what was taught. Now those were slaves. They were completely owned. And these people are not slaves. But in any case, the very important thing is that they are taking the message of Islam from our actions. The reflection of Islam. But unfortunately, the reflection that we are presenting is sometimes very, very distorted. So, while this might not apply even to the majority of cases, but very often this is something that does happen. And therefore we should take ibrah from this, that if Alhamdulillah with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, we are taking care to ensure that the right picture of Islam is being presented through our actions. Then we should take ibrah from this, that we don't slip up somewhere. People are observing, people are watching, people are commenting, people are taking this message to others. They are talking about it in their homes. They are talking about it to their families. They are talking about the very good things also. And those who are treating them in a way that really shows the akhlaq of a Muslim, they are taking that as well. And they are unfortunately taking even the negatives also. So this is something to focus on that we present. Now on the one hand, that person is uh, working for us, they are getting that wage. What we digressed on is that if we have given somebody a job, and now we are paying the person a salary, we want everything done perfectly, we want it done meticulously, it must be done on time, and if that person has erred somewhere too, that person sometimes doesn't end up hearing the end of it. Whereas what are we giving the person at the end of the day? Well, few thousand rands at the most, one, two thousand rands, that too is regarded as a very high level if somebody has been given something, two thousand rands, two and a half thousand rands. Allah Ta'ala is blessing, has blessed us with everything. We want that employee to do so much. Allah Ta'ala has asked us for very little. If one considers the whole day, 24 hours of that day, 5 salah. Only 5 salah have been made compulsory. And if a person adds up the time that it takes to perform each salah, and that too with all the sunnats and nawafil as well, and that too taking great care in performing it very well, then all the five salah put together too, perhaps will just be, come to our two hours. That is including all the sunnats, nawafil, and doing it very comfortably, very calmly, very properly. Two hours is too much also. Now out of the 24 hours, it doesn't even amount to 10%. And what is the condition of the ummah regarding just this one command of Allah Ta'ala regarding our salah. So the time is now that we need to start bringing alive all these amal in its true spirit. One is Alhamdulillah, those amal are there, that too is a great favor of Allah Ta'ala that we are making effort to perform our salah. 
but to bring it alive in its true spirit. And the very great fitnas that are now engulfing us, and every other day there's something new that's becoming a problem, we have to bring these amal alive. This is our protection and security. This is our protection in every sense. To the extent that we bring amal alive, to that extent all these fitnas will get dispelled, to that extent we'll get protected, our families will get protected. Otherwise unspeakable things, every other day somebody comes up with something which is unspeakable. Sometimes it's from the line of Aqaid, somebody's daughter or somebody's son, they've suddenly come home and they're talking things which have, which they're expressing that they are no more in the fold of Islam. Na'uzubillah, Allah ta'ala protect us. Somebody in university, somebody in high school, they've heard something, they've taken something to heart and they have actually, na'uzubillah, forsaken deen. Sometimes it's from a morality level, somebody has gone into such immoral activities that it is unspeakable. Sometimes in some other vices and sins. So this is a almost everyday occurrence and this is something that we should be very, very conscious about that what is going on around us. But just merely knowing what is happening, again the same story, social media, something will come and it will be just, everybody will be hearing about it. But what, what are we doing? What are we doing for our protection, for the protection of our families, for, for the protection of our friends and neighbors and family members, extended family, we have to bring amal alive. To the extent the amal come alive, to that extent this protection will be achieved. The security will be achieved. So, tilawat of the Quran Sharif, establishing salah, wa aqimis salah. Then Allah Ta'ala says, inna salata tanha anil fahsha'i wal munkar. What does salah do? Salah prevents a person from everything that is fahsha and munkar. Everything that is immoral and every vice, everything that is evil. Now, again, this is something if a person takes a cursory glance at the direction in which the ummah is going and how things are going, how everything is just going at a pace that cannot be even fathomed. If a person looks at the level of immorality that is creeping into the ummah and at the speed at which it is coming, and everybody is quite comfortable with it, illa mashallah. If it's in functions, if it's in weddings, it's in other social gatherings, how things happen, what goes on, and the sins become the norm. Hazrat Huzaifa bin Yaman, he once mentioned to a person that what is the sign that fitna has engulfed you? Now this is a very big question. What is the sign that fitna has engulfed a person? So he explained to the person, that if something which you always regarded as haram, you suddenly start regarding it as fine, as permissible. That is a sign that fitna has engulfed you. Okay, one individual, two individuals, they could have erred maybe initially. That something that they regarded as haram was not necessarily haram, it was their mistake. So now somebody corrected them, somebody now guided them that look, that what you were regarding as haram in reality was not. This is actually the case, so fine, that can happen sometimes. But where something has been coming down, the generations and the entire community, the entire generation, everybody understood it well. And it came from the ulama kiram that this is something that is out of the, completely out of line, something forbidden. There's no way that this is permissible. Now suddenly it just became permissible. And every person regards it as fine. 
Nobody has any gripe with it. Nobody has any grouse over it. There was a time when any picture, for example, the word murat was used generally for it, any animate picture, and people wouldn't want it to be lying around anywhere. They wouldn't take pictures. There wouldn't be any kind of involvement in it. Why? Because this is something impermissible. Animate pictures, pictures of animate objects, or taking photographs of oneself, etc., this understood to be out of line completely. There were people who initially in their lives, they were far away from deen. And when Allah Ta'ala gave them tawfiq, somebody went out in jamaat. Some, many people told me this kind of thing themselves. I've heard first hand from many people that they, after their lives changed for the better with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, among the first things that they realized they had to do, somebody went and took the whole album, their wedding album and it burnt it. Somebody took their old childhood album and burnt it. Why they realized this was a major sin. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu says, in Bukhari Sharif, various other books of Hadith, that among the people who will be meted out the worst punishment on the day of Qiyamah, Al-Musawwirun, those who to engage in picture making, referring to picture making of animate things. Now this is such a major warning, such a severe warning. So such a severe warning comes on a major issue. And this is just one Hadith of many. So, now, this was the situation generally at the time that everybody regarded this as impermissible. And it was, and it is. Now, that was a kind of, one was the picture that was drawn by hand. Then that picture which was drawn by hand, it became a bit more sophisticated. That picture became a picture that is now almost looking very, very accurate, but it is done electronically. And with one snap, the whole thing is there. That drawing by hand took a long time. Now this in one click of the button and then that photograph was now uh, processed and it was now a picture. And now things have advanced further that that picture which was now a still picture has become a walking and talking picture. So now it just progressed from one point to the other. So that prohibition which applied initially should apply to an even greater extent now because that picture has become walking and talking also. But now it has become a very selfish world. Everybody is taking selfies. And this, everybody is on this ego trip. Illa mashallah. That everywhere I've been here, everybody must see where I was. And I've been eating this, they must see what I ate. And I was sitting here, they must see where I sat. And I was walking there, they must see where I walked. And anything and everything, everybody is taking selfies of themselves. And this selfish nature is creeping in more and more so this is that application or the what is what was referred to perhaps Huzaifa bin Yaman is saying that something that you always regarded the community in general everybody in big and small old and young everybody regarded something that this is coming from authentic levels that this is impermissible suddenly that became just fine everybody is fine comfortable with it nobody has any issue with it this is a sign that fitna has engulfed. Now, what is this leading to and where is it leading to? If one thinks about and if, many, if we don't know about it, it's better also. But what not is happening out there in society, but all we can do is turn to Allah Ta'ala and beg His help and ask His assistance, ask Him to protect us, protect our families, protect the Ummah at large. But it's really mind-boggling. That what not is happening as a result of all these kinds of 
things that people have become accustomed to. First they're taking pictures of themselves sitting here and walking there and so on. And then because of the kind of technology that is now made so many things so easily possible, which previously were a very, very difficult thing. Previously, if some young person, some daughter of the house, some son of the house was involved in some kind of illicit relationship, it was very difficult to conduct that from the four corners of the from within the four walls of the home. Because at the most it would be that phone that would ring, the whole household would hear that the phone rang and they would everybody want to know who called and whatever the case is. But now who knows what's going on? And who knows what is happening? And at the press of a button where not a person is gone to and what not is going on. And people within their ho- own homes members of one household have become strangers to each other because even if they are eating each one is sitting with their own device and they are sitting across each other but they are far away from each other one person is in north in somewhere in China the other person is in Japan they are connected to somebody in different parts of the world and somebody people are sitting together in that same room it's supposed to be so called family time but one person is in one end of the world chatting to Allah knows who and the other person is in the other end of the world chatting to somebody else. So the whole family structure is collapsing. In many, many instances is the case. People, young people complain that we have a deserted house. Says what, nobody lives there? They say, no, everybody is living here. But the house is a deserted house. There's no home. Everybody is living their own life. Nobody has that connection with each other because everybody is connected outside with somebody else. So as a result... Now there is no deen left in that home. Dunya has also collapsed. Deen has gone. So can we imagine what chaos ensues as a result? Now this is all the because these a'mal have left the home. As a result, all these other evils are creeping in. The social media evils and all the other various immoralities etc. All creeping in because the a'mal were now passed out. Whereas when they were the, these amal alive, and it is amazing if one, and all of us would have had experiences of this nature, that if we had the opportunity to be interacting with some very elderly person in the family, elderly lady, elderly man, meaning people who might have been already in the 80s, 70s, 80s, and who might have passed away maybe not too long ago, so they saw a very different era. It was the last maybe 15-20 years of their lives, 30 years of their lives that they now also saw this new age coming in. But otherwise they grew up and they grew old already in a different era. It was a very common thing among them. A very common thing among them. Among the common things, all of them had salah in their lives, very very conscious of that salah. There might be those few who were not there, but this was a general thing. There was Quran Sharif in all their lives. You would have seen long tasbihs in their hands. This is not something to gloat about. This is somebody having some very very pious family member doesn't make somebody else anything. But I had the opportunity, I was still very young, when my grandmother, my nani passed away, I was still at that time about maybe 12 years old. She was the only one of my grandparents that I had seen. The rest passed away before I was born. But her mamul and her practice, daily practice, was 
that daily after Fajr she would remain sitting on her spot, making tasbih, reciting her tasbihat, etc., tilawat, whatever it was. And then when it was ishraq time, she would make her ishraq. And after ishraq, her daily habit was salatul tasbih. Every day of the year, her daily habit after ishraq was salatul tasbih. And then during the course of the day, she had a tasbih which I, with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, had the opportunity of reciting some tasbih on it that was more like a kind of Allah knows best fun thing or whatever. But such a long tasbih, it's our first time in our life. And so many times after that, it was a thousand beat tasbih. And she would recite this on this tasbih daily. That mamul of the thousand tasbihs, whatever she was reciting. And this was her, this thousand beat tasbih is still, alhamdulillah, in the family somewhere. But this was her daily mamul. Salatul Tasbih and Tasbih and this wasn't and as far as I'm aware wasn't an isolated thing. There were many, mashallah, elderly people of this kind. This was a, something part of their life. Amal, but what was the effect of this? There was sukoon in those homes. There was barkat in those homes. Sometimes there was one person earning a very, very basic salary. There were ten people living in that house. And that one person's salary was enough for all that whole household. There was such barkat. There was so much of muhabbat in that home. There was that bond. They also had challenges. They also had all kinds of challenges. But despite the challenges, there was still a peace. There was a muhabbat. And whenever you talk to some elderly person, even nowadays, and somewhere in the line of that conversation, somewhere it will come. Generally, especially you had a little bit of extended conversation, all the muhabbat of that time is all gone. That's a common line that comes in so many elderly people's talk. Is that muhabbat that was there, which was existing in our earlier days, that we don't see anymore. Nowadays a person visits somebody if they are invited. And if they go in uninvited, that might be a problem also. So that too becomes an issue that family, link, bond, all these things have fast gone out of us. Allah, mashallah, alhamdulillah, there are those who keep up with all these things. Allah ta'ala increase them. Allah ta'ala increase their likes as well. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq as well. But to the extent that these relationships will be mended, this, all these amal will be bring, brought alive, we'll see the same kind of barakat inshallah. We'll see that sukoon. So, we were talking about in this ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, if this salah is established. Now this is what we need to work on, sometimes our children, others. We need to make sure that this salah is not just being made, but they are establishing salah. And many a times there might be other deficiencies, other weaknesses. We can't, we won't be able to attend to everything all the time. And to suddenly stop everything at one time also. But if we make that effort on salah, then inshallah we'll see that the barakat of that salah, how it will bring the good on a general note, and at the same time, how it will become the means of clearing all the negatives out of the system. Sallallahu says, Inna salata tanha anil fahsha'i wal munkar. Otherwise, this munkar, because of this lack of importance of salah that's in our lives, because of not giving salah its due care, what is becoming the norm, that kind of dressing, which the elderly people, if they had to see, they would die of shock. That has become a norm. And everybody is comfortable with it. Nobody feels any kind of difficulty. Nobody feels anything, any issue with it. That, but how can somebody dress like this? In fact, somebody doesn't dress in that manner, they are looked down upon. They are mocked, they are jeered. And likewise, all kinds of other activities. If there's some function, there's some 
other social gathering, there's some wedding, then such things are organized in that which are completely shameless. There are so many kinds of incidents of this nature, completely shameless activities are being arranged in these kind of functions and so on. And a person feels, you know, I was invited, so I've got to go now. I've got to go and I've got to be part of everything. But where is it leading us to? What kind of homes are breaking as a result? People are becoming entangled in such kind of problems which the mind just cannot fathom. And it's just mind-boggling of what to advise a person, how to, what to even suggest to a person. So what is the solution again? The solution is amal. The solution is bringing these amal alive. The amal of tilawat of the Quran Sharif. In this utlu ma'uhiya ilayka min al-kitab. Tilawat is included. And in another ayat of the Quran Sharif, this ta'aleem. The ta'aleem aspect is being referred to as well. وَذْكُرْنَ مَا يُتْلَى فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ مِنْ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ وَالْحِكْمَةِ Allah Ta'ala commands the azwaja mutahharat that you keep remembering that which have been mentioned in the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif and in the hikmah, in the teachings of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Keep discussing this in your homes. So if the ta'aleem comes alive, the ta'aleem will generate that enthusiasm for amal. So this is the key. And it's the key in so many ways. This is again, I cannot recall if I mentioned this on a previous occasion here, but it's something that's repeatedly spoken about wherever it is. Because it's such a simple, such an easy prescription for so many things. For example, we are talking about bringing amal alive and that is very clear. Fazail amal is all about amal and the virtues of amal. And when a person keeps listening to these virtues, listen to it with adab and with talab, then it's going to create some enthusiasm in the heart. It's going to start activating that heart towards righteousness, inshallah. But that is in its place, apart from that, not one, not two, not three, many cases. Many cases, young couples married somebody for three years, somebody five years, somebody even lesser, and they're going through some major dramas in their lives, major problems in their married life, and this is almost like a every other day thing. So among the various advices that was given to them, one of the things that was emphasized very strongly is, just bring this ta'aleem alive in your home. Make sure it happens daily. The key factor is the regularity. Consistency upon it. Do this for the sake of bringing your, of, of resolving your marital issues. Of bringing sukoon in your home. Now obviously the purpose of reciting the fazail amal is to bring us onto amal. But the barakat of this is such that it has all these fringe benefits as well. And these are very great fringe benefits. And those people who, it was, who took it seriously and who started implementing this advice, they themselves came back to say that this has made a tremendous difference to the situation. Alhamdulillah, we are finding much peace. There are some challenges, some problems which are still needing to be addressed, etc. But there's been a dramatic change in the situation. And alhamdulillah, we are finding great amount of sukoon and peace. So, bring the talim alive in the home, tilawat of the Quran Sharif alive, the salah alive. Then Allah Ta'ala says further, وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ أَنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ That وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ The zikr of Allah Ta'ala, this is the greatest thing. 
the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, this is a very comprehensive concept. It's not only confined to one aspect of zikr. Here the zikr is very comprehensive. It includes the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, which is the very essence of zikr. Then together with that, it includes the zikr that we spoke about in terms of tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, that too is zikr. And together with all this, the talim is also zikr. Because that too is remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. That too is bringing a person towards the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. That is also zikr. And that salah is also zikr. Aqimi salata li zikri. That whole salah is zikr from beginning to end. Because it's an ibadat which is filled with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And then together with all that, what is required is that there should be some verbal zikr in terms of the tasbihat, azkar. This is an extremely important thing. And what will this bring for us? All the zikr in all its forms. This will bring itminan. Allah bizikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. Allah Ta'ala says that listen very carefully, take note that it is with the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, bizikrillah, only with the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. This, the manner in the construction of the sentence gives a specific meaning. Bizikrillah is actually something that has should have been mentioned later has been brought first and this uh, sequence in this manner it gives the specific meaning of what is termed in Arabic as hasr it confines something so the correct translation of this is that only in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala is peace that the hearts get peace now the hearts get peace how? in all the challenges of this world can the hearts get peace? yes they can get peace one couplet of our he gives this whole message in a very beautiful couplet. On the one hand, he says, Dushmano ko abo gil That the enemies of Allah Ta'ala, what they have been given? They have been given all the luxuries and comforts and all the leisures and pleasures. So now sometimes we look out and we think, well, if I do the same, I might also enjoy it. Whereas that is a very big misconception. It doesn't mean if somebody else appears, it's a big deception, nobody's enjoying anything. It's a deception. It's just sweet poison. To the extent that it's rolling on the tongue, there's a sweetness. As soon as it starts rolling down the throat, and it's on the tongue for just barely seconds. And as it starts going down the throat, it's already destroying everything. So, if we see somebody, that's a deception that they're enjoying themselves. Somebody says he's enjoying himself in drugs. Anybody will believe him. Anybody will accept that. Anybody will say that he is in his right mind. So likewise, in the haram that people seem to be enjoying themselves is a deception. But if a Muslim thinks, I'll also do the same, then it's like that dog that is eating that bone and is apparently getting nourished. So somebody, some human says that I will also go eat the same thing. That bone lying around on the somewhere in this corner and that corner, I'll also go and eat the same thing. That person will be regarded as something not mentally stable. So Allah Ta'ala is giving us the prescription. So Hazrat says, Dushmano ku eshe abo gil diya. That what has Allah Ta'ala given his enemies, gave them all the leisures and... Because dunya is the, is the be all and end all for them. In the akhirat there is nothing for them. But what Allah Ta'ala gave his friends then? Or dosto ku apna darde dil diya. Allah Ta'ala gave his friends his muhabbat. 
Allah Ta'ala gave them the connection and bond with Him. That which the whole world can't pay for. Now this is only still one part of it. What was the result? What was the end result of this? The end result of this is Unku Hamku Tufano may be Sahil Mila. Or rather what Hazrat says first Unku Sahil Parbitu Hyani Mili. Now they are apparently in all the comfort and luxuries, whatever else. So they are apparently on the shore. Now the shore apparently is calm. Everything seems very nice, rosy, people are relaxing. So the shore seems very calm. Now the person is on the shore, but unku sahil mili. But on the shore also, they are in this turbulent waters of life. Outwardly the person is relaxing but ask his heart. And after people come and talk to one and discuss the issues, you see a person walking in, smiling, seeming like they can't be, and he's driving in, coming to discuss something, driving in the most uh, luxurious car, and everything seems to be perfect, and people might be looking at him and envying him in such a way, then the person comes in smiling very nicely, Assalamualaikum, etc. He sits down and then after some small talk for a few minutes and now the person starts talking about what he came for. And after he finishes off, person thinks and feels that perhaps there can't be anybody in greater problems than this person. Outwardly he is seeming to be the most happiest person and he is seeming to be having such a rosy time and such enjoyment in life. But the person's heart asks him and his heart he doesn't talk about generally to anyone what's going on in his heart, everybody just sees his outer appearance. But not one, not two, how many times that a person who seems to be so happy, but when he starts talking about his inner feelings and what's going on and what was happening in his life and what turmoil he's facing and what kind of challenges are facing him, you make dua for him also, make shukar Allah that saved you from that situation. So this outer deception is something else. So likewise, he is saying that unku sahil par bhi tughyani mili. That on the shore also, they are being battered by these turbulent waters. Or hamku tufano may be sahil mila. And we are in the midst of the ocean. In the midst of the stormy seas. But in the midst of the stormy seas, if the person is seen from far away, he thinks there can't be a person in greater difficulties than the person out there in that ocean. But that person is saying, Hamku Tufano may be Sahil Mila. That in the turbulent waters also, we are like on the shore. We are enjoying the calmness of the shore. In other words, in all the challenges of life also, there is a sukoon in the heart. There is a peace and tranquility in the heart. And that is the real thing. The real thing is what is in the heart. And Allah Ta'ala makes dunya also a place of ease for a person. It's not necessary that you'll have all the comforts and luxuries of life. But you'll have a life. Many a times once there was one program that was held for just youngsters from the age of 14 to 23. Just they were allowed to be there in the program. Some nasihat was given and then they were told, okay, you may ask any question. Nobody was asking anything. Then they were told, okay, there's some pieces of paper lying there on the side and some pens. Anybody wants to ask something, they can anonymously write it and send those notes in, and inshallah whatever is possible will be dealt with. So this was already prepared in advance, because it was expected that very few might ask some questions. So all these 
now they started passing on some piece of paper and now first one person started writing so somebody saw one person writing so he started writing so as a result now many people started writing and now those questions came in so it's anonymous now nobody got their name there so it's not nobody is feeling anything difficult to ask it but now they are asking what is in their hearts they are asking what is really troubling them they are asking what is really becoming a source of real worry and concern for them so now somebody is asking that uh, how do I, or what should I do to try and save myself from the situation where my parents are forever at loggerheads and it's making me so miserable, sometimes his thoughts of suicide cross my mind. Now a person is talking his heart and he's saying what's going through his mind. Whatever there is, whoever might be at fault, maybe nobody is at fault, some misunderstanding, whatever the case is, but we are talking about this youngster writing what is in his heart. And this might sound like an exaggeration. There are many, many youngsters who have come up and said something similar. Not one. And those who do come up, this is an echo of maybe, maybe for one person that speaks, there are like about another few dozen behind him of a similar nature who are not speaking anything. Now, all these challenges are being felt by these youngsters. Somebody, something else. Somebody got caught up in some wrong somebody is steep into some kind of watching haram and filth, somebody in something else, and now they are searching for some way forward. They want to come out of all this. They themselves have realized that we thought all this is going to bring some kind of fun, some kind of excitement, but it has just made our lives completely miserable. It has destroyed our lives, made us completely, it's, it's wrecked us up. So now they are looking for some way forward. But, they need the guidance and direction primarily from home. From home they need the direction and guidance that where are they headed to and what is the position. And this is why we need to pay so much of attention to bring this talim alive, to bring this tilawat alive at home, to bring this family time. The family time unfortunately has become where if there is some kind, if everybody is not disconnected elsewhere, they are all jointly disconnected. Everybody is sitting together and watching some program on television or watching some movie. That has become family time. So they are all now jointly disconnected. So this is not going to create any family. That is just further demoralizing everybody. And further destroying all the haya and shame. Now that whole family as a unit is sitting and watching that filth. And mother and son, father and daughter are all watching... What haya can get left? What, what shame and modesty can get left? So, this is the aspect that now we need to bring all these amal alive, make an effort, make dua for our children daily, for ourselves, for our families. This is also something very greatly neglected. Together with all the amal, dua is an essential aspect in a woman's life. He should be talking to Allah Ta'ala daily, begging Allah Ta'ala's help. Take our children's names. Take each one's name, make dua for them. Take our spouse's name, make dua for him. Take the names of others in the family, make dua for them. Make dua for the entire ummah that large them. Make dua for ourselves, starting off with ourselves. Dua, no day should go past without having begged Allah Ta'ala for ourselves, for our families, for the entire ummah. So, when we will, inshallah, this is the solution. This is the way forward. We can keep talking about various things, who's doing what, what's going on, and all the fancy uh, aspects that can come in, but let's come back to basics. 
let's come back to basics and that itself will open the way to all the big big solutions that we are looking for but we start off with the basics let us bring amal alive in our home we spoke about the talim tilawat of the Quran Sharif establishing salah the zikr at least these minimum tasbihat 100 times istighfar daily very minimum 100 times istighfar daily even the shortest formula of istighfar astaghfirullah 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 deeply from our heart begging Allah to us forgiveness 100 times durood sharif even just the very short formula of durood sharif we should be trying a little bit more as well at least at the beginning through the ibrahim and one two other little longer formulas of durood a few times but then find even the shortest formula of durood sharif sallallahu alaihi wasallam sallallahu alaihi wasallam a hundred times daily and if the third kalima somebody recites hundred times daily excellent otherwise at least subhanallah wa bihamdihi subhanallah wa bihamdihi hundred times mentioned in the hadith sharif the person who recites subhanallah wa bihamdihi hundred times even if his sins minor sins are equal to the foam on the oceans in the riwayat of Bukhari sharif Allah ta'ala will forgive those sins so now this will create that capacity in the heart it will create that inclination towards getting closer to Allah ta'ala and that inclination to gain the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. And together with this, we take the advice of our elders, our kabir, and we follow in their footsteps. Inshallah, in this way, we'll find our homes, our lives becoming places of sukoon, and we'll find that barkat and that happiness, that muhabbat in our own lives, in our homes as well. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq to practice on all these amal, to encourage our family members also, the men folk, to send them on time to the masjid for the salah, send them out in the path of Allah Ta'ala as well. And we ourselves also, we make this effort on our children, our families, to bring deen alive. We will be the ones who will benefit now, here in dunya. And when we are gone in our qabr, we will still keep gaining all the reward and the benefits. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. فَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا لِلْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى ربنا لا تآخذنا إن نسينا واخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله رب